Welcome, everybody, to episode 22 of the All Access USL podcast. It has been a bit of time, and I'm absolutely behind on transfers. I will make sure that that never happens again. I did take a trip, so that was the big reason for the delay in the episode. And, yeah, lots and lots and lots of transfers happening in that time. I'm not going to be able to get to all of them today because a lot happened today as I'm recording and I'll need to do my in-depth my research on them. I'll need to make sure I'm getting everything right about them. So I will not be getting to some transfers today. Uh likely or to Speedy Williams to Colorado Springs. I won't be getting to that today and I won't be getting to Lawrence White leaving Tampa Bay. Those are two that happened today. I'm also Juan Azucar to San Antonio. Won't be getting to those today. I'll mention them, but I'll go in depth on them next time. There are also a few who I can't, I believe I covered in the last episode, but I just want to make, I'm going to put them out there. If I didn't, I'll go back and listen and see, and then I'll cover them in the next episode. But if I did, uh, Tyler Pasher to the Birmingham Legion is huge for Birmingham. And then Fernandez to Phoenix is also big from Oakland. So those two, I believe I already covered, but if I didn't, just want to get those out there and make sure that you knew I knew, but we're also going to cover before, like, this is going to be a fully, uh, transfer based episode. I don't really have the time in today's episode for, um, reviews. So reviews will be back for the next episode, which will probably be, which will, I mean, shortly out after Christmas. But we're only doing transfers today purely because there are so many. And I don't think I can fit reviews in today's episode. So we'll start with some more we'll, like extensions, stuff like that. Uh, first off, we have Daniel Chica heading to Loudoun United as a youth player. Uh, I do not, not going to lie, do not know much, if anything, about him. But transfer... Gotta say something. Uh, I believe he's a midfielder. I believe that's what... No, defender. He's a defender. Uh, that's what I have written down. He is a defender. So, defender option for Loudon. Again, not sure how good he is. Um, he, I believe he came from GMCU. Um, so, that was his college uh, side. Say how he is. Uh, Loudon, I do not know how they're going to be this year. They do have another signing. On here, so which I actually really like the other side they have on here. I really like. Uh, I can go a bit more in depth on him, but we'll do that when we get there. Um, and then the next youth signing, uh, Ryan Hur in midfield to Oakland. So most likely just a backup or very extreme depth option because Oakland have good uh, midfield options already. So yeah, so just the two youth signings who I really could not find much on, couldn't find any film, couldn't find any stats. So but I wanted to put them out there because that is what I need to do. Just got to make everybody aware of the transfers going on. Um, But now to bigger news. Um, these are not the transfers yet. We have three, three things before we get to all the transfers. Uh, first off, Shaq Adams leaves Charleston for North Carolina FC. 13 appearances, 2 goals in 2022. Decent for Charleston, but Charleston have so many had had so many wide options and have so many wide options 
this year that it makes sense for him to leave to North Carolina. He's still young. He can play both wings and could be an explosive winger in the USL Championship. I have no doubt about that, um, especially with a few more USL League One years under his belt. That seems like it's his sweet spot. He's played at North Carolina FC before. That's where he went. Uh, he was on loan there from Charleston, came back to Charleston, and now he leaves permanently back to North Carolina FC, and he's going to be familiar with that North Carolina FC system. So to see, I believe he's only 24, so it makes sense that at this point in his career, he knows his level, goes down to North Carolina FC, and we could see him being a good winger, um, maybe possibly back in the USL Championship in maybe two or three years. So that'll be fun. That will be fun to see how he... Um, progresses and it's also fun because i feel like north carolina fc and the charlotte independents have been very very good at uh developing youth players that's i know north carolina fc are their own club but i know the charlotte independents with charlotte fc have kind of taken on that role of being a development club and i like that and maybe north carolina fc are kind of going that way but all the carolina clubs have been fairly at least fairly good um, at developing talent. So I think this is a good move for Shaq Adams and for both clubs involved. Because there's no saying that Shaq Adams doesn't come back in a couple years for Charleston. Because Charleston have been this team of just attack, attack, attack for as long as I can remember now. And he'd fit that bill. He did all right this year. So with just a bit more under his belt, he would be very good for Charleston. We also have Milan Eloski extending his contract with Orange County. I don't think this is something surprising because I think Milan Olofsky has faith that Orange County will take a step forward and we're going to go through that with the transfers that Orange County have made for today's episode. But the top goal scorer, the golden boot winner for the USL Championship regular season, absolute win for Orange County to have him re-signed. Uh, and I, I mean, with when you score that many goals, you fully expect them to be at that top level again. I don't know if he's going to reach that number of goals. I believe it was 22 that he hit this past season, but I would be remiss if I didn't say he's going to get above 16 or 17. I think Iloski is still going to be there. Uh, and I'm excited to see what Orange County do if they get their shit together this season, which I think they're on the right track to do. So we'll go over that in a minute. And then we have Joey Calistri retiring uh, most recently with Phoenix. 197 overall appearances, 25 goals, 16 assists, 41 goal contributions. Not great for uh, 197 overall appearances as a forward, but he was he was a good USL level forward. He was more of a connector uh, between plays as he was a provider and a scorer. He retires only age 29 after the 2022 season with the disappointing Phoenix Rising. Um, I believe I'm obviously there's no speculation. It could be an injury that has forced him to retire. It could just be that he feels that his time is done. He's achieved what he wants to achieve. Or he just feels that he can't go on longer. Or maybe that, I don't know, maybe there was just that inkling that he couldn't get anywhere else. Especially, like, if Phoenix were this bad and he wanted to continue with Phoenix, maybe it was just in his better interest to retire. Which sucks because he was a decent forward and it would have been nice to see him find a place where he could actually shine. But... Not so. So good luck, Joey Kalistri, in your future endeavors. It was great to have you in the league, um, and it sucks to see you go. It really does. 
Uh, so that is our like not transfer. Well, some of it is mostly transfer news, but our extension, other news for today, departure, retires, stuff like that. And now we get to go through all of the transfers for the past week or so. And we have a lot to go through. And we're going to start with Alex Dixon from Pittsburgh to Monterey Bay. 32 appearances, 4 goals, 7 assists for Pittsburgh as they finished in the playoffs. Good attacking option at 32. Still has some years left in him, possibly 2 or 3 seasons. There's really no... I don't think there's really a defined gap in the USL Championship where, you know, you... In most leagues, in most professional football leagues, there's not really a defined age where your career ends. It's really just when you feel that you can't keep going. We see the we see that with Kalister here at 29. Some players come into the league and absolutely destroy it at 18. Some players can still keep going at 35 or 36. And I think Alex Dixon is one of those players who can still keep going at that 35 years old. So Monterey Bay might have a player that they can count on for maybe another two or three years. He can play both wings. And will add much needed firepower to Monterey's attack. He's short and agile, which is something that Monterey Bay already have in abundance. But having a player of Alex Dixon's caliber will only elevate that Monterey Bay attack. And it will be exciting to see how they build um, that forward spot. Because they have a lot of good wingers now. Um, so if they can get a capable center forward who can get 10 or more goals, then I think Monterey Bay have an opportunity for a playoff spot. They still need to sort out that defense, not sold on it, but they'll get there. And when they do get there, I think it's going to be a fun season for Monterey Bay for sure. So Alex Dixon from Pittsburgh to Monterey Bay from East to West. Next up, we have Chris Allen from Memphis 901 to the Charleston Battery. 30 appearances for Chris Chris Allen uh, in Memphis. Uh, one goal, two assists. He can play as a CDM and a center mid. Uh, most likely a starter for Charleston. I can see him being the kind of dirty work center mid. Almost like a box-to-box defending and also a connector in that midfield. Because you can see with the one goal, two assists in that good Memphis 901 team, he wasn't involved much in the attacking phase. He was just there to be cleanup crew and to get the ball forward. And it's a key piece to build around for a Charleston battery team who were pretty weak in midfield. They were just getting blown by every single time in that defensive midfield role. And I think Chris Allen is going to fit this perfectly. Uh, He's like one of those pieces that I, I just said you build around him. And that's what you do. You find two progressive midfielders, one who stays back a little bit but who also gets forward when need be. And then you find a midfielder who just always gets forward. And that's thinking that they play like a 4-3-3, which they might, they might not. They might use Chris Allen in a completely different way, but ideally you use Chris Allen as a CDM and you have two other progressive midfielders who let Chris Allen sit back and do what he does best. So they have Emilio Icaza who can help with that. Uh, He is definitely a progressive center mid. But we'll see how they do it in this upcoming season. So Chris Allen from the Memphis 901 to the Charleston Battery. Uh, Next up, Santi Moar from Phoenix back to New Mexico. 30 appearances, 2 goals, and 5 assists. A pretty down year with a bad Phoenix team. How many times can I say bad Phoenix team in an episode? 
seems like a lot, but it's something you have to emphasize when you see players like Santi Moar only scoring two goals and five assists, which really just adds to the fact of how bad Phoenix were this year. Um, he has much more than that, and I think he'll show that with his return to New Mexico. He can play both wings and should have good link-up play with former teammate Hurst in a better system. I would hope it's a better system because New Mexico have been extremely capable in all the seasons that they've played. This this year was the first year that Phoenix have shown that it's not all glory down in Arizona. So how they rebuild will be interesting. But I think seeing Moar and Hurst um, up top with a, in a New Mexico system is going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, maybe we see Santi Moar hit five goals, eight assists, 13 goal contributions. That'll be my prediction for him. Big, big, big upgrade uh, in the goal contributions um, coming to New Mexico. Uh, for Hurst, I know I talked about him in the last episode, but I think it's fair to talk about it again with Santi Moar here. Hurst obviously has that ability to be that target man, but he also can be that finisher when he needs, you know, that kind of, what am I thinking of? I know he can also be that finding his way out of tight spaces and finding that clinical finish as well. He is very versatile in that center forward role. So I think even without Santi Moar, Hurst could have done better this year, but I think just adding Santi Moar is better. So much better for Hurst and the New Mexico team. So Santi Moar from Phoenix to New Mexico. Tristan Hodge from the Colorado Springs switchbacks to Hartford Athletic. 23 appearance, a medium, 23 appearances, a medium-sized defender can also play left back. Hartford need versatility among the back line, uh, and this move is, is absolutely helping that. A player who can play center back and left back. I mean, versatility in a league like the USL Championship that has such high turnover is always going to be huge. So to find it where you can um, is always important, and Hartford have done well here to get Tristan Hodge from the switchbacks. And the switchbacks, I feel like, are a hard team to pry players off of. I mean, this year, not so much. They've lost Cam Lindley already. They've lost Haji Berry. Granted, that was for a huge transfer fee. But to pry Tristan Hodge with the positions he can play and how pretty good he was this past season is a big coup for Hartford. Um, Yeah, I believe they only have five roster defenders this year. They'll add more. But Tristan Hodge could even be a starter. Uh, and we'll see how he can grow. He's still pretty young. Uh, so, And I think defensively, the East is harder. So this will be a big test on how Tristan Hodge can handle that pressure. Because Hartford were pretty bad defensively last year. And coming into this system, granted under Tab Ramos, who is a fantastic manager, and I think will do well with Hartford this year. Still going to be a lot of pressure for Hodge to be under, but I think he'll be able to handle it um, in this Hartford team. So yes, Tristan Hodge from the Colorado Springs switchbacks to Hartford. Uh, we're going to do one more before our little break. We've got Niall Logue from Memphis to Hartford. 24 appearances, an experienced center back that played well for a good Memphis team. Uh, how far will Hodge and Logue take this Hartford defense forward? I think a fair amount. Niall Logue, Granted, he didn't start every game for Memphis like many other players did, but he was still good when he played for Memphis. And again, with a Hartford team that need defensive options, this is another fantastic pickup. Prying a player off of a team who did really go, who did really well shows the pull that Hartford have and shows the ambition that Hartford have. Do they finish top three in the East? Absolutely not. Do they finish around 
fifth or sixth? I think so. So I think this Logue and Tristan Hodge signings um, shoot them forward immensely. And I'm excited to see how it plays out because we haven't seen a Hartford team with a good defensive presence in a long time. So Niall Logue from Memphis to Hartford. And with that, we are going to take our quick break and then come right back. All right, and we are back from our little break to continue our transfer roundup. We still have quite a ways to go, but we're going to do it. Let's fucking get to it. Our next one after Nio Logue is Charlie Dennis on his way from Oakland to the Tampa Bay Rowdies. 32 appearances with Oakland, three goals, three assists. He's an out-and-out center mid, and I think he is a good provider, but I think he just got a bit too clamped up with how Oakland play. They don't really allow for that progressive movement from their center mids. They relied a lot on Otramanis Carlson and a lot on buildup. They didn't really allow uh, their center mids to get forward as much as I think Charlie Dennis would have liked to. So I think with Tampa's system, I think a flourish, I think he could even double his um, output. But I also think that depends on who Tampa Bay bringing that forward. We're still awaiting forward transfers for Tampa Bay. They don't have Steven DeSantos anymore, and they don't have Sebastian Guanzati anymore. So it'll be very, very interesting to see how we, or how Dennis is able to fit in and who Tampa Bay bring in. And I just remembered, I did not put Sebastian Guanzati on here. He will be in the next episode. I cannot believe I forgot him. Huge loss for Tampa Bay. Sebastian Gonzalez, but yeah, we'll get to him for the next episode for sure. But how Charlie Dennis does, because you can't put him in a CDM role. He's not going to fit in there. That's not what he does. He is a progressive center mid who also can just sit in that midfield as well if he needs to, but he's not a CDM. So he's going to need good forwards to provide to because yes, while Tampa Bay's wingers and any center attacking as they may have, especially Nikki Law, will be there. They're going to need Charlie Dennis to at least be that distributor to those wingers and that center attacking mid if he's not doing the distributing to the forwards himself. So they need good forwards. I have faith that Tampa Bay will find who they need, but Charlie Dennis is a good pickup in rounding out that midfield. And the final piece is just those forwards. So we'll see how that search goes. Next up, we have Derek Dodson from Memphis to Charleston. I really, really like that pick. And with this, though, Memphis have lost Patrick Segrist, Chris Allen, and Derek Dodson. Some huge losses. Derek Dodson had 28 appearances for Memphis, three goals, two assists. I put our Charleston turning into Memphis, but really every team seems to be turning into Memphis with how many players Memphis are losing. He is a good attacking uh, wingback and will be up and down that line all day for Charleston. Which is what they like. They like their attacking players. That's why they can see so much. But Derek Dodson is going to be that fine line between between attacking and offending. Because he will be able to get back and actually be a decent defender. Uh, I don't want to throw shade on Matt Sheldon. But I think Derek Dodson will be able to do uh, better than Sheldon. For sure. And he's still only 24. Has a lot of room to grow. And I think Charleston is a great place to continue his career if he was to go anywhere. Uh, if he were to go, have gone anywhere else, maybe Colorado Springs would have been a good place. Um, I'm trying to think Tampa would have been a good place as well. 
I think for build-wise, Tulsa and Hartford would have gone would have been good places. Indy would have been a good place. Orange County would have been a good place. But I think Charleston is probably the best option of those purely because of how Charleston play. It's going to fit Derek Dodson so much, and I'm so excited to see how he does. So we got Derek Dodson from Memphis to Charleston, staying in the East. Next up, we've got Duke Lacroix from Sacramento to the Colorado Springs switchbacks. 30 appearances, one goal, three assists for Sacramento in 2022. He can play up and down that left side. That's talking left back, left wing back, left mid, uh, which is huge. But he will have to fight for every position he plays, uh, which is a very interesting signing because it, I mean, it enforces that the switchbacks will be strong yet again in 2023. But with the signing of Speedy Williams and how much depth they've got on the wings, it's kind of almost concerning if they're going to have like almost too much competition. Um, or if they're just going to be playing players out of posi- position just to play them. If it gets to that point, I almost worry for how the switchbacks are going to do. But I trust that with how they've built over the past couple of seasons, they know what they're doing and that's not going to happen. So if anything, it seems like Duke Lacroix could be a depth option. Maybe a starter. Uh, probably not at left back. More likely at left mid. Um, but we'll see how that plays out with what the switchbacks already have. But I think. Duke Lacroix is just another huge pickup regardless for the switchbacks and just re- reinforces, like I said yet again, that they will be strong in 2023. I have more faith that these signings are going to work out and they'll be very good again than they just don't work out because it's too much depth and they fall apart. So Duke Lacroix from Sacramento to the Colorado Springs switchbacks. Next up, we have Andrew Fox from El Paso to Orange County SC. 32 appearances, three goals, two assists. He is a veteran in the EFL League 2 and was very solid with El Paso. In an El Paso team in and itself who disappointed in 2022. And is making a move to a team that desperately needs defensive help. One of the worst defenses um, in the league last year. Getting a big leader, a big experienced leader. um, And it's definitely one to build around. They are not done defensively, Orange County. But Andrew Fox is a great place to start for sure. He may be a bit on the older side, but he still has at least, I'd say, four or five more years. If he spends all those in Orange County, I think we see Orange County as a force to be reckoned with, especially with Milanovski, Kubo Torres, all the good midfield pieces that they already have. I know I'm a shit on them because what they have right now is good, but it clearly doesn't work out because of how the midfielders are used to playing and how Orange County want to play. So they still need more midfield reinforcements. But I think with that, with that sorted, if they add more in the midfield and a couple more defensive pieces, they are there. They are there. But right now, don't think they're quite there. I think we're talking maybe seventh or eighth in the West with how they've built right now. But we shall see how they finish out the rest of the transfer window. So yes, Andrew Fox from El Paso. To Orange County. Next up, we've got Manuel Arteaga from Indy to Phoenix. Um, 21 appearances, five goals, three assists. He's an out and out and out center forward and a presumptive starter with no Calistri anymore, no Santi Moar, no Greg Hurst. It's likely that JJ Williams will not return or be transferred back to FC Tulsa, from what I'm hearing. So with that, this is a huge pickup. He, I think he will flourish in Phoenix if Juan Guerra applies the ruthless attacking football that we usually attribute with Phoenix. Like, Phoenix defense, like, 
when you play the type of attacking football that Phoenix play, they're gonna you're gonna concede a good amount of goals every season. But they always cancel that out by scoring like four or five in most games. And if they can get back to those ways, I think we're gonna see Phoenix shoot back up in the table. I they have not made the moves to convince me quite yet. They've lost a lot of good pieces, but Manuel Arteaga makes me think that they know what they're doing once again. And they are trusting Juan Garrett in the process. And Juan Garrett is trusting the board to find the players that he needs. Because Arteaga is a very good USL championship level forward. And makes me, it it excites me for how Phoenix will be this year. Because if we, every season is fun, to me at least, when Phoenix are how they are. I mean, two or like three or four seasons in a row where they're completely demolishing the West. That's not fun. That's pretty boring. This year, it was, you know, fun to see someone else on top in the West. It's fun to see Phoenix not being the best team that they usually are. But I think the league is still a lot of fun when Phoenix are a good team. So if they're back that way this year, we shall see. Arteaga is definitely a step in the right direction, especially with his goal contributions in his limited time playing with Indy. He was 13 appearances short of playing the full calendar, and he still got five goals and three assists. That is something to like and something to look forward to for Phoenix this upcoming season. Next up, we've got Justin Malou from Crew 2 to Tulsa. Now, this one is interesting because Crew 2 is my local MLS Next Pro team, and I got to see him in person a lot. So I have like so much experience with Justin Malou, and I absolutely love him. It's a big loss for Crew 2 especially with him being a former MLS super draft pick. He had 19 appearances with crew two in 2022, one goal. He is a fantastic young right back option for Tulsa. He could, he, I think he has the potential to start. He's strong on the ball and is, he is a fantastic uh, mid to long range passer. Um, he still needs work defensively. He loves to get back up. He loves to get up and down the line because that is what crew two had been asking of their fullbacks. Um, but defensively, he wasn't that great. So with Tulsa needing that defensive side, he'll need to grow. But he's only like 21, 22. He's got plenty of time to make those changes. And he also had a time with Phoenix um, a couple years ago as well. So he's got that USL Championship experience, and I think he will fit into Tulsa's lineup nicely. So good pickup for Tulsa there. I think he will do well. Next up, we have Tommy Williamson from Minnesota United 2 to Loudoun. Not much known about this guy other than he was one of Minnesota 2's best attackers. 21 appearances, 9 goals, 3 sets in his first season in MLS Next Pro. Not too shabby. Uh, and I think that kind of allows Loudoun to just... How do I put this? I don't know. I think it gives Loudon a target forward that they haven't really had before. And I think they'll be a bit better off for it, but I don't think Loudon are going to be anywhere near the playoffs this season. That is probably the jinx. Um, and Loudon will finish like fourth in the East, but I don't think they have it. I think they're still just a youth team, uh, youth team focused, trying to get those minutes in to youth Academy players for DC United in MLS. So, which is a bit disappointing in a competitive league like this, but it is what it is. Maybe they'll be gone in 2024. We'll see. I thought they'd be gone at the end of 2022. They're not. So, just a time of waiting. But I think Tommy Williamson will definitely allow Loudon to be a bit more competitive, um, especially up top. 
Next up, we have Deshane Beckford from San Antonio to the Colorado Springs switchbacks. 13 appearances, one goal. Here it comes. Another left-sided options for the switchbacks. Seems a backup option with how he played with San Antonio. Granted, San Antonio have an absolutely stacked team. And, uh, I mean, there are going to be players from San Antonio who didn't get that much playtime looking for other places to play. He seems a backup option. He could even play right side if need be. He has that championship winning experience at only 24 and could bring that to the switchbacks camp who have made it to the playoffs and seemed like a team that could do damage only to fall short. So maybe that is what Deshane Beckford is here for partly, but I also think he, they just like what he brings. And I, the, the another, another left-sided option just kind of stumps me because they're building a lot on these wings, but not really. Either they like what they have down the middle. I mean, they still need to replace Cam Lindley because Cam Lindley is a huge loss. But other than that, they must like what they already have down the middle. Um, they're going to have to bring in another forward as well to replace Haji Berry. So we'll see what this, how the switchbacks do. We'll see how the switchbacks do. It'll be interesting. Interesting to watch how their roster rounds out as we head into the season. So, Deshane Beckford from San Antonio to the Colorado Springs switchbacks. And then our last transfer is Skage Simonson from Loudon to Detroit. 25 appearances, 2 goals, 7 assists. He's a center forward uh, as his main position, but he can't play camp and left wing. And it seems a likely Hopeno replacement for Detroit. Obviously, Antoine Hopeno went to Hartford. And at 24, could be a mainstay in Detroit for a while. And he... With the two goals and seven assists as a center forward, he, rem he that's where I get this Hopeno thing, because Hopeno can play forward if need be, but he is more of a provider. Skage Simonson has center forward listed as his first position, but he plays more like a provider. So I think if Detroit play more as a provider like Antoine Hopeno and can get that center forward spot figured out, then that's where Skage Simonson is going to flourish in a better setup team in Detroit, who made the playoffs in their first season and seem to be making moves that could push them even farther up the table. So I think this is going to be an exciting season again for Detroit and an exciting season for Skage Simonson to see what he can really do in a top Eastern Conference team. With that, we have rounded up the transfers from the past week and a half-ish. Uh, there's going to be a lot more transfers coming soon. And one thing I want you guys to keep a lookout on because it will be an interesting time with the MLS uh, Super Draft just finished up is watch out for these college players to be picked up by USL Championship teams because there are a lot of sneaky good college players who could almost come in and start for some of these USL Championship teams or at least make the roster and be a good backup, shot, backup options. So it'll be really exciting and fun to see who USL Championship teams pick up, what happens in the next coming weeks. And also something to look forward to um, in the coming weeks will be my episode where I preview each team's season. Obviously, we still have season reviews coming, so it won't be out probably until after those are done. It could be before those are done. We'll see. Um, and also my preseason predictions. Those will be fun. I'm going to let uh, more transactions come through so we get a better idea of how rosters look. A lot of these rosters are still very thin. Like, obviously, Tampa Bay don't have any rostered forwards. So, I mean, it's not really... It wouldn't be fair of me to predict where they're going to finish because with no forwards, I think they're going to finish bottom of the East because they have no out-and-out -out goal score. So when rosters get filled out more and we see a clear picture of how what, what teams are building, um, 
and you know how they want to play, then I'll start making preseason predictions. But that will come sooner than you may think, so keep on the lookout for that. A lot of exciting things to come in the coming weeks and month, so stay tuned. Thank you guys for listening today to today's episode, and I will see you next time.